You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the All-Purpose Pod for an all-purpose life, wherever you are today. However you're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for making us a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Thank you for the support on our social media platforms at the Call Me Mr. You on Facebook, at Call Me Mr. You, M-I-S-T-A-Y-U on Twitter, and of course, on our new platform, Good Pods, where you can rate and review every one of our episodes anytime, anywhere, as much as you like. Support is greatly appreciated. Thanks again for joining the show. All right. Hope all is well out there in listener land. You know, real talk, real talk. Let's jump into our episode for today. But real talk. Everybody, and I do mean everybody, thinks they're wiser than they actually are. Everybody thinks they're wiser than they actually are. To you, that's probably not a newsflash. The point is that the trap of pride can catch anyone. Is it possible that somebody that flunks out of school can stick their chest out and boldly tell their parents that every one of their classes in sixth grade is a waste of their time? Are they accurate? You have experiences, haven't you? Can a man or woman that gets busted in an adulterous affair fix their lips to say that their spouse, who's at home taking care of the kids and making dinner for the family, helping them with their homework, is the reason why they went up to their hotel room and engaged in illicit covenant-breaking activities? Are they accurate? Have you experienced that? Is this a legal, a legit reason to cross this kind of line? The trap of pride can catch anyone. You don't have to be smart and you don't have to be dumb. You can be well-to-do or you can be impoverished and homeless. You can come from a cultured background or a modest rural upbringing. The trap of pride can catch anyone. No one is exempt. It's one of the few things that is as universal as love. Love can touch anyone no matter where you are or how you've been living your life up to now. Pride is just as universal from the beginning of time until now. Pride is universal. The trap of pride can catch anyone. Is it all their fault? Did they make you say those words? Was your actions a direct result of their responsibility? Eyes up. This could be a trap. We're in a time and space right now, and all you got to do is look around, you can see it. Finger pointing, blaming, passing the buck, filibustering. Eyes up. 
this could be a trap. We spend so much time looking at other people that we're, we're not paying attention to the details of our own life, the details of our own character, the details of our own behavior, and the patterns that we're setting in place that are being transferred, taught, passed on from generation to generation to generation. Eyes up. This could be a trap. Many years ago, there was a group of men that were watching the world being developed all around them. They were bystanders, basically, watching growth and development and innovation happen right before their eyes. They kind of felt like they were being left behind, like they weren't being acknowledged. They kind of felt unimportant, disconnected, distant even. They were not contributors, nor were they partakers in the massive effort that was taking place right in front of them. They had proximity, but they didn't have participation. They didn't have partnership. They had proximity, but they didn't have partnership and participation. Out of what seemed like paranoia and maybe even fear, too. They decided to make a big decision to create their own legacy. They wanted to salvage their own names and heritage. So they banded together. They came into agreement and decided to build a tower. Could they have done what the innovators and the thought leaders around them were doing? Sure. I think I think so. But there were certain aspects of their life that would have to change. Certain agreements they would have to make. They would have to give up certain comforts that they couldn't part with. They would have to grow in some areas. And that might be painful and perhaps too costly in their opinions. So they decided to build a tower rather than to fall into partnership with the innovators and thought leaders around them. They decided to build a tower instead. A structure that would be so tall, it would reach all the way up to heaven where God can see it and notice them and recognize them and acknowledge them. They would find relevance in a way that no man has ever tried before. So in an effort to be relevant and to make their lives meaningful, they aggressively pursued relevance by taking a shortcut. Eyes up. This could be a trap. Instead of walking through their lives, learning and growing through relationships, daily taking steps in evolution and wisdom and understanding, they chose a different path. They decided they would force people to notice them. They would even force the creator of heaven and earth to notice them. Well, congratulations. He did notice the desire for relevance just might be a world-laid trap. I know that that doesn't line up with the thing that you think, the way that you feel sometimes, what you've heard, what you've learned from the world around you. But the desire for relevance just might be a world-laid trap. It's not easy to walk through this life. That's number one. Especially when your navigation system is kind of faulty. And your directional parameters are kind of off. The places you think you should be. 
or the places you believe you need to be in aren't always the places that are best for you. Can we agree on that? Is that a possibility? Are your eyes on the prize? Or are your eyes on a prize or a series of popular prizes that everybody around you is chasing as well? Eyes up. This could be a trap. We race every day to either achieve mastery in the areas that matter or just to be high enough that people can see us. Eyes up. This could be a trap. We have the option of two crowns. One that will provide corruption and the other that can't be possibly corrupted. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, the Bible reads, And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. We're fighting by we, I mean those who are so inclined to believe what the word of God says, that we are looking for something greater than something that can be corrupted or to tarnish and fade with time. Things like the applause and approval of men, for example. That's the kind of crown that eventually fades because men are people and people are complex and complex people change their minds. They change their minds about you. And the crazy part is, they don't give you fair warning. It's random. And you never know when somebody's going to change their mind about you. One of the things about humans that reminds me of fish is that we chase the shiny and the sparkly, the bait, so to speak, often to our own detriment, to get a hook in the mouth. That hook hurts. It punctures, it wounds, and it usually is the precursor to some cutting on our person that we don't necessarily enjoy. I can remember a really funny story. When they were really very young, one of my grandsons would run up to me and, and close his eyes. He went up to me and closed his eyes. I didn't know what he was doing. But he would do that so I couldn't see him. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You can't see me, Papa. I indulge him every single time, though. I would say, where did he go? I can't find him. Standing right in front of me with his eyes closed. Where did he go? I can't find him. Where are you? He would giggle and peek out from between his fingers. Just think about that for a minute. It's a funny story, but think about it. He closed his eyes so I couldn't see him. It's a very funny story of childhood innocence. A little boy that doesn't understand how the world works, even how his body works. Imaginative, inquisitive, creative. That little fellow would grow up some more and wear long capes that would make him invincible. Desiring the kind of superpowers he sees in his cartoons every morning. Then that boy would grow from a young adolescent to a teenager who eventually believes that his value is found in his peers liking him. The pressure of his peers will become palpable. Every peek into the mirror highlights the things he's going to want to change. Every imperfection will rise to the surface. That teenager turns into an adult who works hard for his employer, hoping for recognition, acceptance, 
in the form of promotion, an accolade, more money, and perhaps a title, a corner office, with a plaque on his desk with his name on it. So everybody that walks in knows who he is. How is it possible to look into a mirror and not see what is right there? Eyes up. This could be a trap. Honestly, it's a very rounded and smoothed out piece of glass. It reflects light and it reflects what it sees. It's not possible for the mirror to show you something that's not there. If you really can't handle this idea, that I'm sure you can find a cartoon that will ease your conscience somewhere. But in the reality we all should be living in, the mirror shows you back what stands before it. It doesn't contort or distort. It just reflects. If you have a gray hair under your chin, the mirror will reveal it. If you have a thick waistline, the mirror will confirm it. But there's one way that you can see something that's not actually there. One way. This, in fact, is probably the only way, in fact. The perspective of pride. It can actually affect your vision. Matthew 7 and 3 confirms this by saying, Why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? Pride can magnify something small in others and also conceal something humongous in you. I'll say that again for those way in the back. Pride can magnify something small in others and also conceal something humongous in you. Proverbs 21 and 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own what? Eyes. But the Lord ponders the hearts. It's going to be important a little later on in the show. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the heart. The Bible is telling us that we can always look good in our eyes, even if we're not. Conversely, we can also look worse than we really are in our own eyes. Perhaps it's not so wise to trust our eyes when our hearts are compromised. Perhaps it's not so wise to trust our own eyes when our hearts are compromised. That proverb 21 verse 2 talks about the heart. And the Lord pays very close attention to it. Why? It tells us that man views things from their own perspective. Through the perspective or through the lenses of pride, but the lowest of the hearts. Why doesn't he look at, look at our eyes? Why isn't our eyes the Lord's focus? Because he knows that from the heart comes issues of life. And everything that we do from a behavior standpoint, reaction, response, actions, and outreaches, and generosity, attacks. Maliciousness, forgiveness, it all comes from that place. And that's why instead of staring at our eyes, he ponders our hearts and pays very close attention to it. These days, people will tell you that the heart wants what it wants. And that's the reason why you run people off the road because you didn't have your coffee. It's why you can take your best friend's man. It's your alibi for taking a little of that money from the government even though you didn't really need it. It's why you didn't pay your tithes and kept that back so you can get that new game system you found out was on sale this week only. That's what's happening in the heart. 
We can talk ourselves into doing anything we put our minds to. And that makes us both very privileged and extremely dangerous to ourselves and others. Give someone the sole power to press the red button and that person can conjure up a handful of alibis to justify why they probably should press it. Before you give the heart what it wants, check this out. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. In the Amplified, it reads, the heart is deceitful above all things, and it is extremely sick. This is not talking about a person, it's talking about persons, as in you and I. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is extremely sick, as in unwell, as in need of healing. The passage continues on and says, who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? So, the heart is not only deceitful above all things, the heart is also extremely sick. Also, it's an instrument that we can't fully understand. And on top of that, to top it off, like we need to, the heart has secret motives. Take a minute to digest that for a second. It's deceitful, it's sick, it's not easily understood, and it has secrets. So the long and the short of it is, you don't know that a heart as much as you lead us to believe you do. You've been fooled by it, just like we've been fooled by ours. A very wise mentor and friend said that we should divorce ourselves from our emotions because we can't trust them. That's why. That passage in Jeremiah is why. If you're going to look into the mirror, you have to be courageous enough to accept what you see and bold enough to make changes where necessary. Walking away and pretending that that everything is well is not a sound strategy. Eyes up. This could be a trap. I don't know where you are. And I don't know what you're experiencing in your life right now. But this I know. The trap of pride can catch anyone. No one is exempt. These men that decided to build a tower that would reach all the way up to heaven did that for a lot of reasons, but the main reason was that they had a craving for self-promotion, a craving for relevance. They wanted to be on a level of importance above the crowd, above the people, above the nation, above the generation. They wanted to be famous. They wanted to be on a higher level, even to the degree they were trying to build a tower and almost Successful in doing so. Build a tower that will reach the heavens. Just because they agreed that they needed to be relevant. But God heard their plans and he confounded their plans for a lot of reasons. But number one was because they were walking in disobedience. And they ventured out on their own to do something that would give them glory and give them honor. But give God none. I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care what the situation is. Whatever it is that you intend to do, whatever you've written down on your dream board that you plan to do, if it gives you glory and uplifts your name and your reputation and diminishes that of God's, I can promise you that plan is not going to work. Get your little eraser and wipe it off because it's not going to happen. Their plans fail because they desire relevance when they desired obedience. Same situation in countless cases that you probably can think of yourself. 
closing your eyes so you can't see me is not going to work. Trap of pride can catch anyone. It's not wise to trust our eyes when our hearts are compromised. I tell you this. If you're one of them folks that run folk off the road because you're, you got up too late to go to work or you didn't have your coffee or you're that one out there taking your best friend's man thinking it's all about you or taking extra time at lunch when you only get 30 minutes you're taking 45 or when the government hands out free checks you're the first one in the line because you think the government owes you something or you don't pay your tithes because you know God's going to understand because God knows your heart eyes up this could be a trap what are you building why are you building it is it to compete with somebody who has a big building in their lives is it to satisfy yourself because much of the life that you have has been rife with disappointment are you building it to serve somebody else and make somebody else's life better or do you want to make a name for yourself and make yourself relevant? Like the guy that built that tower. Eyes up. This could be a trap. Wherever you are today, however you are listening to the podcast for the people, thank you again for making the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you so much for joining us again and for tuning into our show. If you're following us on social media, please continue to do so on Facebook at They Call Me Mr. You. On Twitter at Call Me Mr. You, M-I-S-T-A-Y-U. And of course, on our new platform, Good Pods, which allows you to rate and review every single one of our episodes, every season that you prefer to, anytime you like. All your comments, your questions, concerns, show ideas, drop them on Good Pods. Download the app today. Thank you again for joining us. Hope all is well. Have a great day. Continue to keep winning. And of course, enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.